Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Another night where the Blackhawks are understaffed, but they didn't go out quietly despite falling 5-2 to two tonight. Just not enough gas in the third period as they could not shoot through the Stars this time like they did a week back in Dallas. The Hawks fall to the Dallas Stars 5-2 to two tonight from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight. As the Blackhawks start off this homestand, their first homestand without Patrick Kane with a three-goal loss. The Dallas Stars now win their second game against the Hawks this year. They'll wrap up this season series at the end of the month on the 28th at the United Center. Let's head on back up to the radio booth and bring in Kaylee Chelios, who was on the call with John Weineman tonight. And Kaylee, we know that this was an uphill battle for the Blackhawks tonight, but one common theme that we've seen a lot this year is the Hawks getting off to decent starts or, or keeping their pace with other talented teams. That was the case tonight. It wasn't the case for all 60 minutes. But again, you got to point out the Blackhawks are missing a whole heck of a lot of players. So to make this a one-goal game for as late as they did shows that it was a pretty hard-fought effort for the Hawks that were on the ice tonight. Yeah, I thought they defended really hard. Maybe a few too many turnovers, but at the end of the day, it was a couple power play goals that really made the difference tonight for the Dallas Stars. So you're right. I I also think, you know, not just keeping pace with some of these bigger, faster teams that are Stanley Cup playoff bound, but also coming back from multi-goal deficits. That says a lot about the character of of the players in this locker room and a big credit to the coaching staff. And I look at the players that come into the lineup tonight and – they're not necessarily young players, all of them. Cole Gutman, it's great to see him, young player, come in, have a big goal like that. But Brett Sini's 27, England's 27, Gust is an accomplished leader, an AHL vet, went to the, the all-star game in, in the American Hockey League this season. He's 29 years old. So they have some leaders coming in that know what it takes to work hard and set an example for the young players. It's a great mix of both veterans and prospects like Lucas Reichel and I really like what Kyle Davidson and the executives have done with the development and, and kind of blending these players. And, you know, it motivates some of the players in Rockford to want to get a chance when they're called up. And so far, I think the players that have been up here, like Isaac Phillips, like Lucas Reichel, have been impressive. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because at the beginning of this year, that's what we were talking about a lot is what type of team did Kyle Davidson construct and. Aside from the heavy hitters like Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and acquiring Max Domi, he, he filled it up with a lot of hard-working guys that do the little things right that are going to give you a hard 60 minutes of effort. That's kind of the case still, even with guys like McCabe and Lafferty now gone. You mentioned Gutman, Gust, uh, Brett Sini. These are all the guys down in Rockford that were doing these types of things in the AHL. And the transition to the NHL hasn't seemed too overmatched for them. So I think that's a great sign to see in terms of the transitioning uh, from these Rockford players coming up to the Hawks right now. It starts with building culture. That's that's a big part of what you know Kyle Davidson wanted Luke Richardson to be here for, just a, a leader and someone who can be patient 
and bring this group together, offer some perspective when things get tough. And Luke Richardson and the coaching staff have done a really great job at uh, getting this team to buy in and have fun every day and, and finding ways for them to, to really come together as a group, even you know while major parts of this franchise like Patrick Kane, like Jonathan Taze are not in the lineup. Um, anymore so it's it has been really impressive to watch them still play with grit and uh, outwork you know every night just come and put their work boots on it's a testament to the staff the buy-in and just the leaders that Kyle Davidson has has brought up to build that sort of winning culture despite maybe being outmatched on paper more nights than not now I do want to talk about a few more of the young guys in a minute but I, I think it's also worth noting that this Dallas Stars team has kind of been their own worst enemy as of late. Now they've strung together a couple of wins. I, I mean, this was a determined team that came into the United Center tonight, especially to get some redemption against this Hawks team that kind of made them look silly a week ago. So the Hawks, again, were overmatched, but this is a Dallas Stars team that basically did everything that they needed to do tonight. Yeah, the Stars were on a five-game losing streak. They did get two points against Boston and Minnesota during that stretch when they ran into the Blackhawks back uh, in Dallas. And, you know, they, they really do need to get things going. I don't think they've played with a whole lot of pace in their game. Sometimes it, they just don't look like they're crisp. They don't look like they have their legs, and that's been a problem for them. You know, at times their best players really haven't been their best, so it's not the end of the world. I don't really believe in, and you know, I've talked to a lot of players about how important it is to be, you know, peaking at the right time at the end of the, you know, playoffs. And it's not necessarily about winning games. You know, you're kind of surviving a little bit. It, the playoffs are, a, a, you know, just a battle in terms of staying healthy. So it, it's just about playing the right way. And you don't necessarily have to win every game, but you have to be playing the the right way and, and feeling good about your game. And so Dallas. I don't think they've they've felt that way in a little bit. So it was a not the best performance by them, but the second half of a back-to-back, they came in and got the job done. They'll take the two points, but it, I didn't think they got off to that strong of a start, actually. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with what you're coming from there. Um, in terms of the younger guys, Lucas Reichel, Isaac Phillips, um, or anyone else that you thought maybe make a made a notice in tonight's game? Isaac Phillips, for me, I thought was certainly noticeable. He is, for me, most nights he's in the lineup. I mean, you notice him, just the 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 way, the angles that he takes, the way he puts his body in a defensive position, both in, in the defensive zone when teams are on the forecheck. He just does a really nice job at getting pucks out quickly, the way that Luke Richardson wants him to play, killing plays in the defensive zone and moving the pucks up quickly uh, in transition. And he's done that really well, and I've, I've really been impressed by his skating ability. Watching him activate on the rush, uh, you know, he takes care of his own end, but he is smart and he picks his his places to go up. And he's got some. He's he's a really smooth skater for a fifth rounder, six foot three, two twenty five. I mean, he's he's turned out really promising in my eyes. I'm curious, sort of, with the executive team at this point now, with enough games under his belt at this point, what they're thinking of him and and how bright his future looks here. Yeah, I agree. And he's just a different kind of defenseman, young defenseman, I should say, mm-hmm. that the Blackhawks have, have acquired in the past. So I think he's kind of a breath of fresh air defensively. Really high for character, the... too. When you talk yes. to him in the locker room, like super respectable, nice, coaches love giving him constructive criticism. He takes it well. He watches a lot of film, and he wants to respond. He's competitive. 
Well, and I, I think that's a common theme from a lot of these guys. I mean, Reichel, too. We, we rave about him enough, but, I mean, to be sent sent down so many times over the last year and a half, really, and, and to just understand it and to take it positively is not an easy thing to do. I mean, Blackhawks fans think they're impatient. I mean, how about these players that are trying to make it up to the NHL? And right now, the, the roster, the NHL roster, is a little bit depleted, and the Hawks are still being very strategic with who comes up. I mean, how frustrating can that be for some of these Rockford players? But nobody's moaning and groaning about any of this. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think when they've come up here, they've shown that they want to make the most of the opportunity. They've played hard. And for a player like Lucas Reichel, you know, last year he's 20 years old. You know, he's still so young. He's adjusting to the North American game a little bit. He's adjusting to just being an adult and, like, eating vegetables. I mean, listening to him (laughs) talk about his nutrition last year was just like, it was funny, you know, I mean, you have to remember he was playing in the German League before and, you know, it, it's a big adjustment coming over at such a young age like that and the pressure that fans and, and you know, even, you know, maybe people within the organization put on a player that caliber to come up, play with Patrick Kane and have success. That's not usually how it works. It's very uncommon to do what players like Kane and Taze did at 20 years old to come in and win games for their team night in and night out and really lead the charge so I really like what what uh, the executive team Kyle Davidson has done with Lucas Reichel's development giving him a taste sending him back down to marinate and and really become that complete player they want him to be Um, you know that that's one thing you know, speaking with Megan Hunter and, you know, Kyle a little bit, it, it, it's all patience. There's no rush. You can't rush a player's development. They're not going to rush this rebuild. So taking their time and and uh, taking care of business like they have with Patrick Kane, it's it's about the future and building right now. You mean Lucas Reichel's not eating gummy bears and soup and popcorn like I us don't know. The radio We're going to have to ask him. I, I'm not sure what he's going to do now, but it sounds like he really had a wake-up call when he <laughs> arrived and was just relearning what uh, vitamins and vegetables can do for you. But I've been impressed with him. It's a lot of pressure, and it's hard to be away from home like that at a young age. And he's this season certainly took a step in that previous stint where he came up and had a three-point night and. I even noticed his play away from the puck more than anything in that stint before going back down to Rockford after playing Colorado. I thought he really did look like a two-way player and had a huge game against Calgary. Well, that's good. And and that harsh reality of uh, nutrition being more beneficial for you than just candy is, is something that we all <laughs> have to go through. It's hard to put through. on weight when it's just... 80 pounds of gummy bears like John Wideman. <laughs> but he's filled out. He looks stronger, so it's, he's doing something right. No, for sure. I know. He, he was saying how he misses his grandmother and his mother's cooking, and then he comes back home, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't have that anymore. It's, right. <laughs> it's, it's heartbreaking. All right, Kaylee. Well, great stuff. Great to have you back here on the radio side, and uh, we'll see you around the rink the next couple of days. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be back, even though it was the first time without uh, Patrick Kane. A little weird, uh, him and Taze not in the lineup, but um, it's always fun being back here with you, Joe. Thank you. No, for sure. And, yes, uh, we're all we're all getting used to this uh, new-look Blackhawks team and just kind of the new-look United Center, too. So it's it's been an interesting transition period. I'm with you. It's uh, it's going to be a little bit weird after seeing all the highlights and montages here in John Weideman's calls on a lot of great goals from Kane. I do think it might be a little bit of a tougher breakup than I first envisioned for Blackhawk <laughs> fans and and Patrick Kane. So I'm I'm eager to see him in the playoffs for sure, but it's uh it's going to be interesting looking at this group without him and Taze in the lineup. Hopefully Taze is back for the foreseeable future. 
Yeah, I agree. Well, you can listen to as much Taylor Swift as you want on the way home, but you got to finish my post-game show, okay? Can we make oh, that agreement? Always, always, Joe. You're the first one I put on when I get back in there. I do not listen to Taylor Swift on the way home, by the way. Okay, all right. Well, we already disclosed uh, before the broadcast today that John Mayer isn't writing breakup songs, so I was going to recommend that next, but apparently uh, you disproved that. No, no, no. I, I'll go with that. I forgot we're going to go see John Mayer solo <laughs> in the end of March, so I'll get back on the John Mayer train. I forgot they dated. Great point. Oh, well, there, there you go. Here, here, we're hitting all the topics now. Yeah, so you're keeping me in the loop. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> all right, Kaylee. Great stuff as always. We'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good, Joe. Thank you. And that is Kaylee Chelios. She and John Weideman on the call tonight as the Blackhawks fall to the Dallas Stars 5-2 to two at the United Center. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can give us a call. You can give us a text. Um, this is going to go down as a, a three-goal loss, right? But the two empty net goals that came towards the end of the game um, don't tell the story. Again, like Kaylee Chelios had mentioned, she didn't think that Dallas got off to that great of a start, and they didn't. I think the Blackhawks did a nice job of answering the bell as soon as the puck was dropped. As that first period progressed, Dallas picked up their game, especially in the second period. I mean, they outshot the Hawks 11-3. However, the Hawks had the only goal of that second period, so they did a nice job of keeping pace with Dallas and keeping this game tied up at two. When we moved into the third period, you can kind of see that ingenuity turning up once again for the Dallas Stars. And again, this is a team that is trying to find their rhythm before their playoff push. They currently lead the Central Division. Uh, They helped their cause tonight, adding two points. I believe they're at 79 now. I actually tore off the standings page of my stat pack, but I believe that's the case. Our three stars tonight are brought to you by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider. With your collision repair needs, visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number three star is the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn. The number two star, Miro Heiskanen. And the number one star is Rope Hins. He picked up his third career hat trick tonight, had two of the goals coming in the first period, but uh, also a stick tap to the Dallas Stars goaltender, Matt Murray, making his NHL debut and picking up a win in it. He uh, made 16 saves tonight on 18 total shots. Uh, there were three shots coming on the Blackhawks' power play. Uh, one, or I should say, uh, the Blackhawks unable to capitalize on any, any of those power plays, but they got, got goals by Cole Gutman and Seth Jones tonight. Uh, We're going to go ahead and give our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, to Isaac Phillips. And remember, Northwestern Medicine has teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. Um, You heard Kaylee Chelios talk about it, just the style of game he brings. Kind of a new-look defender uh, in the Blackhawks organization that we haven't seen, at least come in the introductory fashion, right? They've been drafting a lot more offensively skilled defensemen in years past. Isaac Phillips, a different look. He's a bigger guy. He plays a tough game. Uh, We saw him getting physical tonight. He finished tonight with only one hit, one block, uh, no shots on goal, but nearly 19 minutes of time on the ice and just I'm a fan of his instincts. When he picked up his first point, a nice little touch pass to Andreas Athanasiu, we kind of saw a a sequel of that entire play 
in Athanasiu's goal against the Arizona Coyotes in the Blackhawks' last game. Again, it's just the little things that he understands and he picks up so quickly, I think is a great sight to see for a young defenseman like that. And he's another guy that has been pulled up and down from the AHL to the NHL, but he's handled it with class and he's handled it with confidence, and it is seeming to pay off here at the NHL level. And I would imagine he's kind of a mainstay for the rest of the year. Um, actually, the moment I say that, though, not entirely certain because, remember, the Blackhawks are hoping for a long playoff run in the AHL playoffs for the Rockford Ice Hogs. So uh, maybe they'll want some more muscle with Isaac Phillips down there. Uh, we got a lot to get to. We've got sound from the Blackhawks dressing room. I know that Seth Jones chatted, obviously the head coach, Luke Richardson. We may be hearing from Patrick Kane in this postgame show as well. And uh, we've also got an ode to Patrick Kane before the end of tonight's postgame show as well. Taking you up to 11 o'clock, but we'll take your calls and texts as well. 312-981-7200. Hawks fall to the Dallas Stars 5-2. to You're listening to Blackhawks Hockey on 720. WGN. Got a text from Dexter in Bolingbrook. And again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your text. We'll take your calls. Dexter in Bolingbrook is asking, can I please hear something besides they're in a rebuild? Why don't they pick a starting goalie? Uh, Dexter, I'm sorry, I got some news for you. We're going to be talking about this rebuild for quite some time because that's exactly what the Hawks are going through right now. I, I don't think it's fair to dissect this loss when the Blackhawks don't have Patrick Kane, don't have Jonathan Tave, Sam Lafferty, or Jake McCabe, or Max Domi. And the Dallas Stars are a very good team. They lead the Central Division. They're going to the playoffs. It's going to be a rough finish to this year in terms of the win-loss column. What we're going to do is focus on some of the young players coming up, what types of roles and responsibilities they're getting this year, and what type of strides they're making. In terms of the goaltending situation, I mean, it's pretty much going to be Peter Mrazek and Alex Stalock throughout the rest of the year. Um, It's been... 1A and 1B for the most of the season when they've both been healthy. If either of them haven't been playing, it's because of their health. Uh, that was the plan going into this season, and uh, I'm not quite sure what type of starting goalie you'd, you'd rather see in that situation. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Uh, but really quick, we're going to get to some sound from a familiar voice, number 88, now with the New York Rangers. I know it was a loss tonight, but what was the experience like? You know, it was awesome just uh, you know the uh, the crowd and coming up for warm-ups and uh, you know pre-game introduction and uh, just uh, first game as a Ranger it was a uh, it was a pretty cool experience obviously I would like to play a little bit better and uh, come out with a win but uh, yeah hopefully it'll hopefully it'll, uh, it'll come I think uh, you know I haven't played in a little bit so uh, maybe a little bit rusty but um, you know excited to uh, Good feeling good with this team. Uh, how are the nerves? Yeah, I think they kind of they kind of go away after the first couple shifts and they settle into the game, so not too bad. Has it kind of sunk in yet now that you played the first game that you know this is all happening to arrange now? Yeah, I think uh, you know, um, obviously big game Saturday, and uh, then you got a few days off. It'll be nice to get a couple practices with the guys too, but um, yeah, big one Saturday, so uh, hopefully come back from this one tonight. How, how do you think it went with the line? I thought it was okay, you know, I think uh, maybe we were looking to pass a little bit too much to start, but, uh, you know, had a couple good looks along the way. 
Um, so I think, uh, you know, hopefully it's one of those things that just gets better and better. It's been a while since you played with Panarin. I mean, did it feel like it would start? It could, it could come back for you? you guys? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you try to remember your roots and everything, but it's just... You know, it's uh, it's the chemistry we had from what was it six, seven years ago. So, uh, you know, like I said uh, earlier, earlier this morning, I don't think it's something that's going to happen overnight. But uh, um, yeah, we'll find it. How different did it feel for you playing for a new team for the first time? It's different, right? I mean, uh, definitely just you know everything. Uh, um, you know, how you come to the rink, how you get ready for the game, different colors, uh, different things like that. So. Um, but, uh, you know, excited to be here and uh, excited to uh, get better and play better for my teammates. Do you have an idea of how long you think it could take you to feel normal here? Um, no, I think, uh, you know, like I said, we have that game Saturday and then I think we got like four days in between games. So, uh, like I said, it will be nice to kind of settle in and get a couple practices and uh, um, kind of... You know, understand the way they want to play um, systematically um, with the puck, offensive zone, things like that. So um, they haven't given me too much yet. With, uh, you know, just tell me to go out there and play. But um, yeah, it'd be nice to settle in. What kind of play a little bit better for my teammates? What kind of whirlwind has this last 48 hours, this last week, been like for you? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? It's a situation you're in, and. Uh, a lot of uh, you know time uh, with like phone calls and uh, and making a decision and trying to figure out um, everything like that. So uh, you know I think uh, you know I give a lot of credit to Chris Drury. I think he was great with everything and, and patient with everything as well as uh, as well as Kyle Davidson. So just happy to be in the situation I'm in. Did you have any expectation of how you would be received tonight by the fans and the reaction? Not really. I mean I think. Uh, you know, guys were kind of whispering about it around the room a little bit, but uh, um, didn't really know what it was going to be like until I got out there, so it's pretty special. When you got out there for just for warm-ups? And yeah. Time, what was that like? Yeah, yeah warm-ups. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, you know, like I said, the pregame introduction, it's uh, that's pretty cool. You know, it's an amazing place to play, and they got great fans, and um, that was a great reception. Notice in the end of warm-ups that you just doing our 10 at the end. Uh, and I guess he, he gets to go off last year. Yeah, it's his team, so... <laughs> Yeah, if you remember, Patrick Kane was always the last guy on the ice during warm-ups. He left that for Artemi Panarin tonight in his first game with the New York Rangers. Kane was a minus two tonight in the New York Rangers, 5-3 loss to the Ottawa Senators. He played nearly 20 minutes. He had four shots on goal and a couple of giveaways. Uh, Greg is in Chicago. He's a season ticket holder. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. He wants to talk about the Patrick Kane trade. Go ahead, Greg. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, I love your show. Um, I, just, I just wanted to express my thoughts. I, I mean, I'm a season ticket holder for 30 years. In the 200 level, i got four seats. You know, and I'm spending 30 grand basically a year. Love Patrick Kane as much as everybody. He's a Chicago icon. Can't thank him enough. Great memories. Just an awesome guy, without a doubt. But at the same time, I want to get your thoughts on, as a season ticket holder, We all, you know, I hear all the sportscasters already keep talking. Well, the Blackhawks owe Patrick, and you know, we, want to, we want to do right for Patrick. And I get that. Oh, man. You know, and this has been a problem uh, the last game, too, that we've been dropping callers. Greg, I apologize. That might be our end, but um, I know where you're going with this because uh, our producer, Ben, had uh, put the 
info on your call and basically wondering if the Blackhawks got enough for Patrick Kane. Uh, Again, Greg, thank you for the call. Thank you for the nice words. Basically, at the end of the day, it was Patrick Kane's decision, and it pretty much seemed like there was one team he was willing to go to, and that was the New York Rangers. And the moment that is the case... Kyle Davidson's options are limited in terms of what he can get. Because if the New York Rangers are under the uh, understanding that Patrick Kane is only going to go to their team if he's moved, they don't have to move mountains to get him. Now, he he can still become a first-round pick. It can still become a first-round pick. If the Rangers go to the Eastern Conference Finals, the Blackhawks get a first-round pick for 2025. I get it. It's not guaranteed. Yes, of course, Patrick Kane, normally you hear that name, you think, okay, the Blackhawks receive a first-round pick. Even Kyle Davidson was expressing that when the move was made. Uh, He met with the media. He met with us on GN um, in Arizona, and he was saying, you know, you feel a little bit underwhelmed, but you've got to do right by Patrick Kane, and you might as well get something for him than absolutely nothing at all. And if this is what Kane wanted, and again, he's got the right because he had the no trade clause, uh, no movement clause in his contract, and he's willing to go to that team, and he wants to go to that team, I'm not going to sulk over only getting a second round pick when it can also turn into a first round pick. I think over the past month, it was pretty much understood that Patrick Kane was going to be traded. So once that's the case, and then it comes down to the Rangers are the only team, okay, I understand why it's only a second-round pick. Believe me, all this stinks. It does. This is a a sad time, right? But this is what a rebuild is. You have to go through sad times. You have to turn the page. You have to move forward. And I think that's what Dan and Homer Glenn's trying to do, talking about Isaac Phillips. Uh, Go ahead, Dan. Hey, uh, yeah, you know, you made a comment earlier that uh, you recognize uh, Phillips for uh, his play on ice today, and then you, you know, his his impact, and yet he only had one hit, and so to me, I've got a problem with that. You know, if you're going to have an impact on the ice, you have to have more than one hit. That's one. I actually got a couple different points. I have no problem with the Keane situation. I mean, we got what we could, just like you were saying right there. Uh, from a standpoint, you know, it, it, it's in Kane's hands in regards to where I'll go and what uh, Davidson can get out of it. And uh, But the, the third thing, just kind of all over the place here, is prior to the game, I've never been to a Blackhawks game before where the last on the ice at warm-ups was not a Blackhawk. And today there were three... Dallas Stars on the ice and no Blackhawk at the end of the warm-ups. And to me, it, there's something wrong there. The culture, there's a lot missing. It's going to take a lot of time to understand a rebuild, but that's kind of where we're at. Okay, a lot of thoughts there, Dan. Thank you very much for the call. Um, I'll try to go uh, point by point. Uh, I knew I was going to get burned by saying Isaac Phillips had a physical night, and then I read the score sheet, and he had only one hit. Um, you're right, Dan. Uh, one hit does not equal a physical game. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll take the L on that. Um, I do still think Isaac Phillips is a physical player, though. Um, so I hope you still believe with that sentiment. You mentioned the Patrick Kane trade. And the last guy on the ice, okay, that's that's good observance by you. I did not notice that. Um, I wasn't looking for that. Um, you also said, though, that it was it was the first time you've ever seen only players from the other team be the last ones to be out on the ice. 
I know tonight wasn't the first game without Patrick Kane since he's been a Blackhawk at the United Center. There's been games where he's been missing due to injury and stuff like that, but I mean, that was kind of his thing. If this is a reoccurring thing, okay, I, I can see why fans get mad at that. But for one time, good observation by you. I'll give you that. Uh, but let's see if that continues. And I, I think, I don't know, I think that's a, a reading into it a little bit too much um, because the team culture and the team morality is something that I have been impressed with the, with this team. Now, granted, a lot of air got let out of the balloon the past couple of days with the Patrick Kane trade. And then now today there's speculation that Max Domi is going to be on his way out too. That's tough. That That is tough to get an entire team amped up right now. Um, luckily, the Blackhawks kept this a one-goal game until the Dallas Stars scored a couple of empty netters. Um, I get the frustration right now. I get I get just how this isn't like what it used to be. But unfortunately, that is a rebuild, and, that, and that's what you got to go through. And at least everything that Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson have said about the rebuild, they have stuck to their word, they've stayed consistent, and I think... As a fan, that's all you can ask for right now. We got more to get to. We got more calls. We got more texts. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. But we got to get to a break. We're going to hear from the Blackhawks dressing room and Luke Richardson as well. This is the Blackhawks postgame show after a 5-2 loss to the Dallas Stars on 720 WGN. Recapping a Hawks loss to the Dallas Stars. They fall 5-2 here tonight from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight. We are going to hear from Seth Jones in just a moment. But first, we're going to hear from Mark in Worth. Hey, Mark, how's the South Side? How you doing, Joe? Doing okay. What do you want to say? I just want to rebut that culture comment. Uh, I have I've watched the Hawks all year, and I couldn't be more pleased with how they play every game. They've lost four or five straight. They've won four or five, six straight. Uh, I mean, but every game they play, they play hard. And with all the changes and the trades and everything and the, the lineup fluctuating all the time, I think this coaching staff is great. And that's all I have to say, Joe. Hey, I appreciate that, Mark. Where'd you watch the game tonight? I watched the game on my radio. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's what I like to hear. Take care, Mark. Don't be a stranger. You too, sir. All right, that is Mark from Worth. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text. Uh, Seth Jones had another goal tonight. He tied up the game at two. Unfortunately, it was the Blackhawks' last goal. Let's hear from the Blackhawks defenseman. Roster turnover, obviously, in the last few days. How do you feel you guys were able to bring a group together with not a ton of practice time with some new bodies out there? Yeah, um, we've had some guys you know, get shipped off here and new guys come in, but I thought we were competitive tonight. Um, we weren't as clean as we would like to be uh, some of our passes, passing plays, but um, you know, we worked hard. Uh, we fought to the end. Raza played great in the net and gave us a chance, but um, I liked our uh, our grit at times and, uh, and our determination. We know it's part of business, but you know, with Kane and then Domi today, is it still tough, you know, emotionally? Uh, yeah. I mean, you develop friendships with guys. Um, Tanner, you know, been here for what, 15, 16 years and done a lot of great things. And then Domes came in and uh, uh, was a big part of our team, not only on the ice but off the ice. Uh, uh, guys enjoyed being around him. Um, so, you know, not just those two guys but all the guys that we've, we've uh, um, traded away. Uh, it's, it's emotional for everyone. At the end of the day, it's a business. And, uh, you know, we kind of knew this 
this week, this week was coming, so to speak, um, this summer, I would say. You, you know, you were building quite a rapport with McCabe, you know, yeah. speaking of which, you know, how, how's that for you now? Uh, yeah, me and Kay were, were playing very well together. I don't know, we may have played 35-something games together. Um, uh, we had a good chemistry um, playing with Engie, uh tonight, and he's a big boy, he's a great skater. Uh, PK with him, physical in front of the net on, on some of those plays, and uh, he seems like he's hard to play against, so um, we did some good things tonight. I know it doesn't happen overnight, but do you have to step in and take a larger role on kind of, you know, running this room a little bit? With some of those guys gone, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, but at the at, you know at the end of the day, I think Taser has been preaching it from day one how everyone's got to have a voice in this room. I think that's how you know I wasn't here obviously when they were um, very successful uh, in this room and in this organization, but um, I, I have to think that that's how they did it. Um, anyone could speak up at any time what they were feeling, uh, and that's what we need in this room. Whether you're young or old, or how many games you have, it doesn't matter. Uh, but you know, try to be a little more vocal myself as well, included in that. Is that kind of a hit for how quickly you become like the voice and the leader, uh, kind of the veteran? You know, you know, relatively speaking, you haven't been here that long. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not trying to take it as out of pressure. I take it as an opportunity um, uh, to make myself better and to make everyone else better in the room. Uh, you know, I'll step my game up on the ice, and you know, it's it's not easy to talk sometimes when you're not playing your best hockey. So that puts a little bit more. Uh, emphasis on my game I think and, and to be at the top of my game every night so uh, I can you know say stuff when needed in the room Seth Jones with seven goals in the season now and 28 points uh, we've got more to get to we're going to hear from Cole Gutman and Luke Richardson we're also going to take a look around the league uh, and again we'll take your calls and text 312-981-7200 but for right now we're going to take a break and we've got some breaking news on the other Excuse me, other end of this, 720 WGN. Before we get to some breaking news regarding the Blackhawks, I want to read this text from Carol in the 708 area code. Hey, Joe, I'm really curious. How often does it pay off for the team that goes with six players in an empty net? I've been listening to the Hawks games for quite some time, and I don't believe I've ever heard the empty net team score enough to win. Well, uh, the Blackhawks just did that against the Vegas Golden Knights in their last home game and ended up winning in the shootout. Uh, the moment you've been waiting for is one that we've been hearing about the speculation for the past couple of hours now. Uh, but the Blackhawks and the Dallas Stars have made it official. Max Domi has been traded to the Dallas Stars. In return, the Blackhawks receive Anton Kudobin and a 2025 second-round pick from Dallas. Also, Dylan Wells heads to the Stars. He made his NHL debut earlier this year with the Hawks. So it's basically Domi and an AHL goaltender for Kudobin, who is being assigned to the Rockford Icehogs, the AHL team for the Blackhawks, and a 2025 second-round pick. So I'm going to pull up our trusty, cap-friendly website right now because um, that helps out a ton and all the time for us. The Blackhawks now have six first-round picks for the next three years. They have four second-round picks for next year. They will have two second-round picks for the following year and two second-round picks for the year after that. That's a lot of picks. They continue to acquire draft picks, bulk up their draft capital, and as Kyle Davidson had mentioned before, 
the purpose of these draft picks for a few years down from the line, yes, it helps the rebuild, but it gives you options. It allows you to possibly use those draft picks as currency. You can maybe use that further draft pick to acquire a player. Maybe a player of Max Domi's capability in a couple of years when hopefully the Blackhawks are competitive again. Now I know what you're saying. Well, why trade Max Domi when you have Max Domi? He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. It was speculated right when they signed him that he was going to be trade bait. The other thing is, I know that Max Domi has really been enjoying his time here in Chicago. And I know a lot of people would love to see Max Domi back with the Blackhawks next year or some other time later on in the future. That dude makes a great impression anywhere he goes. And uh, I would definitely not rule out the idea of Max Domi returning to the Blackhawks. As quickly as next year, I, I don't know if we can speculate on that, but I think that, again, everyone involved was a big fan of Max Domi. Uh, he was the Blackhawks' leader in terms of points and goals. So with him now leaving, Taylor Radish is the Blackhawks' goal leader with 14. Seth Jones is the Blackhawks' point leader with 28. Cole Gutman scored his third goal of the season tonight. It was the first goal for the Blackhawks in this game. Real nice job of collecting a Taylor, or rather Tyler Johnson rebound. Let's hear from the Blackhawks forward. Turnover here, but that's a big opportunity for guys like yourself. How do you, you know, approach this last six weeks of the season? I think just right now, just taking as much in as we can. Obviously, a lot of veteran presence here, so we got a bunch of guys in from Rockford, so just learn from them as much as we can, and, and obviously just try to adjust as much as possible. You bring up the guys from Rockford. And does it help when you have so many new faces in a room that you guys had some chemistry with the Ice Hogs and you can maybe bring some of that, some of the communication that you developed there up here? Yeah, I mean, we luckily we had camp at the beginning of the year, so for a couple of weeks we got to know guys a little bit. But uh, we got a lot of great players in Rockford. I think a lot of guys on that team can come and play in the NHL. So it's cool to see, and it's, it's fun having those guys up here with me. You're already one of the longest tenured guys in the room, I think. When when these new guys come in, I mean, mean, do you you guys do anything to kind of welcome them in, make them feel part of things? Yeah, I mean, just getting to know everyone day to day and and having conversations with everyone and and asking them about their past and all that. But after the game in Arizona, we all kind of hung out for a while in the the meal room and, and got to know each other. You know, I'm sure. You felt with every game that you've had up here. I think every day you just get more and more comfortable. Um, I was pretty nervous to start, and obviously the pace is is really high, and it was definitely a big adjustment. But day to day, even in practice, is where you get to gain some confidence. So I feel a lot more, a lot better every day. I'm sure you see, you know, in in uh, Rockford guys coming in and out. Uh, but have you seen anything, or you know, experienced anything like this that the Hawks have gone through this week? Never. I mean, at the pro level, you really got to expect anything, and obviously there's trades and, and guys go, going up and down, so just got to be prepared. How did you feel about your goal, you know, and the success you're having? Right now? It was good. Uh, I thought it was a great play by TJ there to just get it to the net on the far pad, and I just wanted to drive the net, and good things happen when you get to the net. Again, if you didn't hear, it is official. The Blackhawks have traded Max Domi to the Dallas Stars along with AHL goaltender Dylan Wells who made his NHL debut earlier this season. In return, the Blackhawks received goaltender Anton Kudobin and a 2025 second-round pick. So the Hawks now have six first-round picks for the next three years. They have eight second-round picks for the next three years. They have at least two first-round and second-round picks for the next three seasons. That is what 
you do when you are rebuilding. Uh, now it's up to the drafting and developing of the players in terms of making the next competitive Blackhawks team, and hopefully that can come sooner rather than later. Busy night in the NHL tonight, and the Boston Bruins continue to win. Let's head to the TD Garden. Carlo right circle shoots. The save made it! Lauko the rebound, he scores! Jacob Lauko, his second goal of the season. He takes it off the blocker. Lukanen was down and out, and he buries it. Bruins, two sabers, nothing. That is our buddy Judd Surratt of 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston. The Bruins win their ninth straight game. They're the quickest team in NHL history to 100 points, a 7-1 victory off of the, uh, over the Buffalo Sabres tonight. Let's go to Florida. Glass, give and go. Yossi has it back. All the way in. Penalty call coming up. They score! What a play! A magical puck-moving play, and John Leonard, in his first game as a Predator, has put one on the board. It's 2 nothing. Willie Donick of Bally Sports South. Good start for Nashville's six-game road trip. A 2-1 victory over the Florida Panthers as Florida begins a seven-game homestand but loses in it. Let's go to Madison Square Garden. Hamannick winds and fires, tipped in front, scores! Claude Giroux gets the rebound. Ottawa takes a 4-3 lead. That is Dean Brown of TSN 1200 AM. And yes, the Ottawa Senators upset the Patrick Kane party over at Madison Square Garden. 5-3 winner for Ottawa. As the Senators just acquired Jacob Chikrin as well, they win in his game as Broussard picked up a goal, his 10th of the season in his 1,000th career NHL game. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Patterson right down for Zucker. He scores! He scores! Jason Zucker with the blast! They do it for the Dads! And the Penguins have won four straight! 5-4 OT winner for the Black and Gold! They do it for the dads because it was the second game of the dads trip for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is Steve Mears of AT&T Sportsnet, a 5-4 overtime victory winner for the Pens. Let's go to Detroit. Over Bjorkstrand. Moves it this way, shoots and he scores! Hey, hey, what do you say? Oliver Bjorkstrand wins it in overtime. John Forsland of Seattle Kraken's television at Root Sports Northwest, a 5-4 overtime victory for the Kraken over the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings are now winless in their last four games. Let's go to San Jose. Barbanov scores! Alex Barbanov with a nice cutback move, and then the goal, and it's one nothing Sharks. Randy Hahn of NBC Sports California. That game's still going on. The St. Louis Blues with a 3-2 lead over the San Jose Sharks with 4.25 left in the second period. St. Louis is trying to end their six-game losing skid. Let's go to Calgary. Head for Riley. It alone! Oh, and a good save. The rebound! They're saying that it was in the net. The net is dislodged. Yard Crook may get credit, but Morgan Riley with a great rush. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Joe Bowen of TSN Radio 1050. It ended up being a 2-1 interesting victory for the Maple Leafs over the Calgary Flames. Flames have had a couple of rough losses. They're now 27-22 and 13 on the season. We'll cap it off in Vancouver. Here comes Kaprizov in for Minnesota. Kaprizov, save rebound, he scores! Second of the night for Kaprizov as he beats Demko on the rebound. 
Anthony LaPanta of Bally Sports. Two goals for Kirill Kaprizov in that game. A 2-1 lead for the Minnesota Wild over the Canucks through two periods up in Canada. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd. ComEd powering business, powering lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help we got back at the WGN studios. Our production crew of Ben Anderson and Michael DeLinardis. Along with our engineering crew, led by Brett Jackson. Here at the United Center, we had a reporter, Jack Heinrich. Our Hall of Fame engineer, Paul Zarang. John Weidman had the call along with Kaylee Chelios. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Again, the final score, Dallas beats the Hawks 5-2. Next game is Saturday night when the Hawks host the Nashville Predators. 7 o'clock puck drop. We'll see you here at the United Center. David Jennings has the news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. We'll talk to you Saturday night. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.